This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. We finally settled <laughs> on a opening. I well, forgot that it was changed. Yeah, well, we think so. We fucking hated that other intro, so we decided that we're going to give this one a go. We're going to shake it up, and this is what we've settled on. I think it's the right one. I think we'll I leave think it for the now. One. <laughs> Izzy sent me, like, a frazzled text, being like, check Facebook message immediately. <laughs> And then the following text was like, we've come up with the tagline. Like, it was big news. Yeah. Yeah. Finally got there. So six months down the end. track, if you want to explain after it drinks to anyone. Yes. You can say. exactly what you say. It's a weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir. And we'll tell you next week if that's stayed. Yes. What are we drinking tonight? It's actually a Cab- Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. Vintage we're drinking, 2014. Yeah, we're drinking a very flash wine because Izzy's house sitting. <laughs> And she's, wait, yeah, we're literally in a mansion compared to the usual yeah. box. And though it sounds incredible, I locked myself out of the house for an hour and was sitting in the pitch black in the, <laughs> on the deck. And Izzy also gave me the wrong address. So I was like frantically banging down the door of some random Rose Bay residence like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I bet we got there. We're here. It was like a corrugated steel gate. And I was like, bang, bang, Izzy. So how's the week? The week is good. I feel like it's been a tying up loose ends week. Like I finished a couple of books. I finished The Secret History, which I want to be the next AWD book club. I'm a bit like offended that yours just took off and there's been no mention of my recommendation. I know. This happened on the weekend and I just posted. I think I, I don't even think I posted the cover on the weekend. I was just like, oh, I've yeah. finished it and I'm reading another one. And then someone posted a little life with hashtag AWD book club. And then we got like five other um, Instagram stories. I, know, I was feeling a bit jealous. So maybe like everyone can read the secret history this week. So I don't <laughs> feel excluded. It's just quite it's a culty book. Yeah. But I liked, I really liked the secret history. I told you I stopped reading it because I thought I knew the ending, but then I didn't. And then I Googled it because I was so convinced. It's such a, such a weird way to <laughs> read a read book. <laughs> But I loved it. I don't. I really don't get why it's not like a famous TV show or movie by now. Don't you feel like that about it? Yeah, I feel like it's really well regarded. Yes, as a book. Yes, but, but I, I thought but when I, I bought it, I was yeah. thinking this is 
something that's weird I haven't read but before. But surely, like, Reese Witherspoon's company's got exactly. it. Exactly. And down. again, Lucy Boynton. Sorry to sound like a broken record, but perfect for Camilla. Lucy Boynton's actually playing normal people. Yeah. Oh, it has been announced. Well, I, oh, I thought you made that up out of thin air. I did, yeah. Well, no, you didn't, because she's, like, been in the running. Oh, for she, no, I honestly didn't see it anywhere. Oh. I just saw her face one day and my brain exploded. I'm having a real moment for her at the moment. Mm. I just think she's just heaven. Yeah, she's the best. They looked so cute at the Cartier party. Mm. The pink. It just looks so crazy with that. And I also finished Esther Perel's book, which you're propping your microphone up on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like last week we talked about it in relation to marriage, but the book is actually about infidelity and affairs. And by the end, she's really got me convinced that, like, monogamy isn't realistic. Yeah, I always think that. Yeah. I, I feel like I know that, but I yes. still don't want Anne to sleep with anyone else. Yeah, this is the thing she says. She's like, it's really hard to stomach, but the mm. reality of it is day to day, everyone I see, it's so complicated. A lot of the time, if people could just get over the feeling sad about themselves aspect my thing is more that i think he'd fall in love with someone else like it would be, it would start as a fling and then he'd run off with someone and i'm like i just wanted to close that door from yeah ever. close that opportunity yeah. off yeah it's so interesting because i wonder if she cherry picks but i guess if you get to couples therapy it means that the guy or woman is still in love with their spouse like you wouldn't go to couples therapy if you fell in love with someone else. exactly but she's there's so many cases where men and women she's pretty even about talking about it have affairs for really interesting reasons that you actually get by the end of it which mm. is she says it's funny she said there's a, there was a study done and it said that people regard more people say affairs are bad than say incest is bad like it's the number one thing that people everywhere are like the worst thing you can possibly do ever is cheat Incest? Yeah, literally. I was like, what the this fuck? very Game of Thronesy. I know. Um, but how weird is that? People yeah. are that passionate about it. She just says it's this thing that people are so passionate about that cheating is the worst thing you can do. Never trust a cheater. Never forgive a cheater. I would never cheat. But so many people do it. It's like this weird double. Yeah, I level. think that a lot of people cheat because, like you were saying last week, because we now expect our partners to be everything. We want them to be, like the person you rely on and mm. your constant companion and your best friend. But then you also want them to be really sexy and fun and give you that thrill. And it's like, you're not going to get both of those things. You're just exactly. realistically not. And she had this really interesting, because I think we understand women. There was a lot of women where they had affairs because they'd spent 10 years just being the wife and the mom and hadn't worked and felt like they'd lost a sense of identity and their husband hadn't looked at them in that way for so long. And it felt like a way of reclaiming themselves, mm. which I think we get. The interesting male side of it was that for a lot of men, especially men who grow up in households where they have violent fathers or bad power dynamics with their parents, they crave sex outside of marriage because they want to have sex with women and not have to be emotionally invested in them. Yeah, which I guess would be like fine for me. Yeah, because they're so used to tying up all their emotions about women with emotions about their mother and about being protective and protecting them. And, and, and it's like exhausting. So the, with, with their wife, they have all these feelings about her, about how they want to protect her and make sure she's okay and provide for her and whatever mm. that they want to just be able to have sex and not think or yes. feel or yeah. feel like obliged. And that's why they do it. And there was a line in it that said, I can't tell you how many men have told me like, I don't pay a hooker to, Calm, I pay hooker to leave. Oh my god! <laughs> like, so mean. It's horrible, but it's like the sex isn't the thing. It's that the, that they leave and you never have to talk to them yeah. again afterwards. Yeah, they're attracted to, which is kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, I'm going to speak a little quieter tonight since he's in the building. But um, the thing is, literally, like if I could pay, I could, pay, I would pay someone else to have sex with Anton. And for it to not mean anything, yeah. just so I didn't feel like I had to do it all the time, even though I do love it, it's just for girls, we just don't want it as much. It's yeah. just, I just feel like that's the thing. And when you're in a long-term relationship, you're literally just like, oh, it's been a week. Yeah, desire just like drops off a cliff. And yeah. It does for women more than men. But she, there's a chapter at the end where she talks about that, about how this woman was so upset and then... Esther Perel was like, have you ever thought about it as you provide him 90% of his needs and this one thing 
he gets from elsewhere. And she was like, oh. Yeah. She was like, wonderful. I'm like, if I could be guaranteed he wouldn't run off with this other girl. You, like, make sure that she's just, like, a little bit gross when you're making the booking. Yeah, like, 100%. No. Yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah. Look I at know. it. It's interesting, right? We've got to think about all these things. Um, I finished a little life, as everyone knows. Yes. And I need to make a formal apology because I was sort of bagging on the fact that I was like, I'm not going to cry and I'm so fine and it's not even that bad and what's everyone talking about at the end i was sobbing like sobbing hysterically yeah i think it's just a hard read all the way through but i also think that everyone hypes it up so much that you kind of the whole way through you're sort of being like oh is this it oh is this it and you're not just focusing on the book but then yeah it is were they tears of relief that it was over no (laughs) i was just glad that i was semi-sick because after last week you got me sick yeah um (laughs) i took a sip of grace's wine by accident oh is that yeah that's right oh i'm sorry i'm vigilant about those things um and then i was glad that i had the tissues so that's all done and then i read conversations with friends did you sally rooney's out this week um sally rooney's first book and i was kind of worried about reading it because everyone says that normal people so much better but it's literally just it's great it's just that the normal people's storylines may be a little bit better but this book is still really good oh cool i have to read that as well yeah it's annoying because you keep recommending books i want to read and i can't like get on here and be like i read this again yeah agree it was good (laughs) i know what am i gonna do um that's the thing you're second in line in the book club i i know yeah, someone else tried to steal a little life today. They're all going to do fucking conversations with friends instead of sacred history. A hundred percent. It's because I'm on the, the you're like on culty the, books. You're on the, like, you're tapped into the zeitgeist yes. in a way. I'm just not. Like, <laughs> you're reading got, a book that was popular like five years ago. Yeah, I know. Like, I got Miles Davis's autobiography from, like, a fucking shop on the weekend. Like, who the fuck's lining <laughs> yeah. up for that? Came and you keep of, like, talking about them on the podcast <laughs> as well. You're like, I found this book in an op shop and everyone just automatically stops listening i know i just (sighs) and as we mentioned last week for anyone who misses the names of the books we're talking about or the names of the podcasts or any of our recommendations i've done a very good tile system on our stories yes i had to remind her four times but we got there in the end (laughs) i got so i got a bit too like stressed like i was like is this just i was like everything's wrong wrong Mm. It looks good. Yeah, so thanks. we'll carry that on. So you can find everything on our Instagram and you can follow us at the same time. Yes, exactly. Let's talk got. Game of Thrones. Yep. Yes. The premiere last night. Last night. Yeah. We're both like Game of Thrones fans, but don't ever talk to each other about it. Well, it has been like 15 years since but last season. You know how season. some people are like, oh, the blah, blah, blah. Like know all this weird shit level about it. And you're like, no. I've read all the books. Yeah, that's right. crazy. Don't yeah, that is such crazy. a weird thing that, that I've is done. a weird thing about you. It a- reminds me of the time that we were like talking. We don't know, but there's so much stuff we don't know about each other, even though we're like best friends. And mm. we, there was one time when we were talking about music, and I was like, I really like this band. We haven't talked about that. And you're like, I don't like every single Radiohead song ever, but like, we just yes. don't talk about this. Yeah, I've seen Radiohead three times live, <laughs> and I was like at the front of their concert if in Nashville, like, Tennessee. If you like Radiohead, I'd be like, no. My, it's my password. They're one of their albums. You guys can all try and guess. Get into my bank account. One of their albums is my password for things because it has been for like 10 years. That's so, yeah, see, these are the things we don't know. So we're mm. a big Game of Thrones girl. I'm pretty yeah. into it, like, as soon as it started. I was like, ooh, like, I was so when excited. When it started, because I went to um, the. Yeah, I saw yeah, it at the. Yeah. <laughs> Grace wasn't invited. Because he went to this fucking, like, the Australian premiere of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was good. There were burgers too. You would have been so sad. Oh. Um, and I went to that and as soon as it started, I literally got emotional. Like I yeah. felt like I was going to cry, which is just disgusting. No, I felt like that. It is a, it is a thing. Like it's the la- first episode of the last ever season. Mm. It's, it's like the last, um, episode of friends. I cried. Right. Did I don't you? think I've seen that far. <laughs> oh my God. I, what? Know. I only started watching it like on stand sometimes a few years ago. It's so weird. I didn't like watch it, watch it. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so I was a bit, I was a bit excited about it. Mm. It was, I liked it. I feel like maybe I liked it more than you. Yeah, I was just, I liked it if I was just watching another episode of Game of Thrones. Spoiler alerts, probably. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't caught up, that's and you're not really a fan. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So don't worry. Um, I liked it, 
in terms of an episode. I didn't like it in terms of thinking that it's one of six episodes left ever. Yeah, I was it like, really come like on. laid down the foundations. I was saying afterwards that it, every single line of dialogue felt so like it was so economical like there was like a two minute scene and someone was like we need to do this in order for x to happen and yeah. the other person was like that's yeah. correct and then it like cut off to Apart another one from when daenerys and john got yeah, on the dragons so and went and patched in the field it was disgusting that makes me feel sick and, and there was just no fucking chemistry at all there's no but this is the problem is that he her best friend is his wife are they close? They're best friends. Oh. Yeah, they're like fully best friends. So it's super weird. Mm. I said, I was like, I know we're all actors and we all get it, but it's so weird. Yeah, yeah, I would die. They have like, I ants. yeah. Zach. I imagine if it was your job to passionately pash Zach for hours at a time. Like, even yeah, if they I was look, like, they just ha, look so awkward. They look so uncomfortable but I with feel each like other. When they had that sex scene last season, we saw Jon Snow's like sexy butt, bitchy <laughs> <laughs> ass. Um,. <laughs> So, let's cut that. No. Yeah, no, keep it. Um, I, I told you, hey, how I saw Jon Snow in real life, and I was like, oh, because he's like three five foot. foot nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then there was that scene where you got him and her walking up to Sansa, and I was like, oh, like, I was like dry retching because they're both fucking three centimeters tall. Jump when they walked up but to But Sansa's, oh, yeah, who's short? Daenerys as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, yuck. I just said that out loud. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> Sansa's just a giant. But I was like, she's, I think I yelled out, I was like, she's my height. And he was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, once you know Jon Snow is short, he looks so short on on set. He always does. It's crazy. But yeah, that was, that whole scene, I was just like, ugh, like gross when they kissed and like rose the dragon. And also, I found it kind of funny, I think I've never noticed before how Game of Thrones tries to be funny. Yeah, I know. There were so many moments. Yeah, I think it's a post books thing. Yeah, right. I feel like they didn't. That wasn't a thing in the. And because I think because I was at the cinema as well, like everyone was getting so jolly. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. they were all clapping when it started, and yes. they were all laughing really loud. Yes. But then I was just like, "What is this humor? This is a serious show." And then when it cut to the dragon, like kind of staring him down, I was yeah. like, "What is this scene? Like, is it a mean dad or something? I don't yeah. get it." Yeah, it was weird. But I love <laughs> my, my friend at work today was like, "I know this is so bad, but I was literally pissing myself in the scene where." Daenerys meets Sam and he's like oh my god and she's like oh your dad and she's like I fucking killed him and he's like <laughs> and he's like oh at least my brothers are fine and she's like yeah I killed them too like it's like meant to be sad but it's just so funny I know but like, also he's just so how slow on the uptake cries I thought yeah no it was really cute yeah yeah uh, yeah maybe it was I have do you have a theory about how it all ends I have one I have like a fantasy theory go I want Sansa to win yeah. So I feel like John and Daenerys will like fucking like kill each other or something. Mm-hmm. Daenerys dies for sure. For like, you, sure, you she just, has yeah, to, she and dies. she'll go cook to like her crazy family. Yeah. I think will yeah. be the thing. And then John, maybe John will have to kill her. But then John will be so debo that he like dies. Yeah. Sansa, I feel like is so level headed. She's kind of risen from the ashes. She's gone through all this fucked up stuff and is now very sensible. Mm-hmm. I just, I would love that for her. There's a meme, and it's like if you don't. Um want me at my sense of season one you don't deserve me at my sense of season eight exactly and like what a good thing for sophie turner if she was just this random little character in season one and became like the, the winner queen by <laughs> yeah. the end it would be so good it would also be yeah also the amount of revenge that would be for sansa sort of more than anyone else exactly it would just be such a great story and it makes sense maybe and she then, kills cersei or something yeah and then Arya would be like her like Hand. King's guard person who like fucks mm, everyone yeah, up. King's guard. Yeah, into mm. that. Um, aside from that, I think we do need to talk about these royal rumors. Yes, we've been doing like a mass in the limelight catch up, and are just in a royal, and also that Twitter feed, which is just wild. Yes. So you know how there was those articles basically being like the Middletons are fighting. Sorry, the. What are they? The Cambridges. Yeah. Charles and Kate are yeah. fighting Charles. with... <laughs> William. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> William and Kate. I just don't care about anyone other than Harry. Yeah. William and Kate are fighting with their neighbours out yes. in the country. Yes. And they were having a rural like rival. Or something. They have some crazy name. Yes. And then basically the son was saying that there was this fight going on and then the palace... And immediately released a statement being like, there's no story here. 
like back the fuck off. There's yeah. no story. So then obviously and it was like there's Kate a story. Middleton's lawyers like threatened to sue. Like it's the yeah. only time ever like since her nude photos leaked that there's been her threatening to sue anyone. Yeah, and so basically the British press aren't really reporting on it because the palace are obviously being like, we'll kill you all. Yeah. But the US press are going hard and basically the story is that Will's got caught having an affair with Rose. Who's allegedly Kate's. allegedly? I'm saying that's what this. That's <laughs> yeah, what the, yeah, yeah. Oh, the story, <laughs> the rumor. Yeah, the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate job Princess Diana. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not leaving the house, but My you bus will be. Crashes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the rumor is that Will actually got caught having an affair with Rose, who's one of the neighbors, who was Kate's friend, um, and then Kate severed the connection with them. Um, Giles Corrin, I don't know who that is, tweeted and then deleted that the affair has been common news for months. I love that. Yeah. I think that the thing with these royal affair rumours, it's very it's very unusual for the palace to, like, clap back that intensely. Like, when everyone was saying Meghan Mark was a heinous bitch, they didn't respond <laughs> to anything. They were just like, yeah. And now they're like, they've had a small falling out, and they're like, we will sue. Like, yeah. that's, like, super weird. And also... I always go back to this, but when the rumors of Charles and Camilla were going on, it came out in a very similar fashion where people were like, no, no, no. And the palace was denying it and people weren't touching it, but everyone in the circles kind of knew Mm. and it was like an open secret. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? But I love the conspiracy theory that Megan was thrown under the bus as a decoy while this like red hot situation was happening. This woman's theory, I feel like we need to call her out. Her name's Nicole Cliff. She's a legend on Twitter. Um, Her theory is that the actual reason that Wills and Harry have been frosty for the last several months is nothing to do with Megan. It's to do with William telling Harry about the affair and then Harry losing it because he's like, that's what happened to mum. You're pulling some dad shit. You have three small children. What the fuck is her her, her wording? Um, And then that's why they kind of threw... Like, that's why they're feuding. And then everyone thinks it's Kate and Meghan. There's a history of, like, um, Prince Charles, I think, using members of the immediate family as fodder to throw people off the scent for himself. Like, that's why he fought with his his sons for so long, because sometimes a shitty story would come out about William or Harry, and it would come out that it was, like, planted by the palace to deflect from something more shady that Charles was doing. Oh, my God. So I think it's very in the family to, like have a sacrificial lamb and also charles would want to sacrifice anyone because he obviously wants to be in yeah he wants wants everyone around everyone else yeah Yeah. and he also they would just be like megan baptism by fire you've got to learn the hard way (laughs) kind of thing and she probably was rubbing people up the wrong way because she's super american yes so that's the goss and then what we were thinking as well is that in the limelight which is our vanity fair podcast who covers everything yes. about the royals like yes. literally kate middleton goes to a pool and they'll talk about in depth how like george was doing freestyle so hilarious yeah like, they just they talked about this game that they were supposedly doing and i was just cracking up like yeah so they go they go in depth and then this one thing that is like the biggest story to come out in year is they're just not touching yeah not that they i feel like they wouldn't really have I don't know. People. I think they'd have skin in the game. I think they had Meghan Markle on the cover. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Izzy, are you feeling depressed because this time last year you were at Coachella and this year you're not? <laughs> yes. I got some very cruel emails from PRs that were like, are you going, like, Coachella as a subject? And then, like, yeah, are I you know. going? And yeah. I was like, no, but I can go. And they were like, no. no. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Include us in a wrap-up. It was funny last year as well because I feel like I just wasn't thinking and I didn't really think about the fact that obviously we have so many connections here and so many good friends here. So, like, our really good friends do the Levi's PR. And I ended up going to the Levi's party, but that yes. was just, like, by pure coincidence yeah. that I ended up there. And I just yeah. didn't organize anything fun. And then this year there's just been all of the fun stuff rolling in. Yes. Um. But, yeah, I'm obviously depressed. but i'm not there um last year izzy was like the queen of coachella Mm. i was meant to go and didn't go because i had like a dollar fifty to my name yeah so i was kind of like i was a little bit angry at grace and i was sort of passive aggressively rubbing it in her face because she cancelled very last minute yeah and we were you know we were doing like a wider trip 
and it was all couples and so it was like me and grace and then the couples and then she was like i have no I money forgot about this yeah and then so i was sort of being like really passag and i feel like you sought out celebrities yeah to make it like as like salt in the wound as possible yeah i was like yeah. well how's your day going i'm at a party with bella hadid Haley baldwin Brooklyn yes. beckham blah 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 yeah, Izzy was, like, in, in amongst every party. She was, like, hanging out with Snoop Dogg behind the decks at the DJ station at, like, what was it, the Revolve party? The Levi's one. The Levi's mm. party. It was just a lot. Hanging out with the VS Angels. Yeah. Um, it was <laughs> yeah. It was actually today, a year ago, that I met Snoop Dogg, which is very <laughs> funny as well because Snoop Dogg is literally, like, it's another big part of my life you missed out on the yeah, Snoop so years. Random. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love so random. Snoop Dogg. If I would I marry Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Just be, that's so bizarre. Yeah. I find him very sexy. Oh, so weird. Yeah. But you're like, hey. Yeah. I was. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, please Snoop go Dogg. away. Yeah. I reckon he would be. Um, but yeah, he. I just think like his little dance is very sexy. Anyone? All right. Anyone he out does there? have a lot of confidence. I'll put it. Yeah. yeah. He was like at the party. He was like, has anyone got a joint? And then everyone kind of laughed. And he's like, no. Does anyone have Why a joint? Why don't you have one? I'm looking up how old he is because I'm pretty sure he's like nearing 60. I think he's maybe 50. Um, But yeah, so it's on again. Oh, he's only 47. Oh, that's so fine. Young, sprightly young man. <laughs> Maybe too young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> too young for some. So um, so we're there again. What are your thoughts on the Coachella style? I think it's always a bit of a mess. Yes. Like you were worrying about what to wear because you want to like embrace the Coachella-ness yeah. of it but not go full weirdo. Yes. Yeah. And basically everything I wore, I've never worn again in my entire life. So, but even then, you looked very like restrained. Yeah, yeah, like it looked good. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's fine. I quite like Gigi Hadid's tie dye outfit. Yeah, she's really like looking quite polished. Yeah. I can't abide by all the crazy like face masks and. Also, you just don't. You just don't need those like surgical masks that everyone's wearing it literally wasn't dusty i mean maybe it changes year on year but i cannot fathom needing something like that like I, on the first day i took a bandana and i just wore it around my neck because i was like i'm, I'm will probably need this given how many people are wearing them on social media yeah. and it was just nothing it's just normal it'd be like for? me wearing a bandana in here and yeah, being like i need it for the dust how random i think glastonbury's definitely like the more stylish festival Yes, but Glastonbury is also so hard. I've done that one too, where you have to take an umbrella everywhere. You have to take a poncho everywhere to sit on because the grass is wet and you have to take a raincoat everywhere and gumboots all the time. But then if during the day, obviously, if it's sunny, you can be cute with like your gumboots and some shorts. Yes. But then 20 minutes later, you've got a raincoat on. But it is like, it is, Glastonbury was so fun. Right. It was just a bit more of a like mission than Coachella. Yeah, Coachella, yeah, yeah. you're sort of staying at a nice hotel. It's all you a bit get, glitzy. Yeah, and you just get on a bus and you get in and you're just at this festival and it's fine. Whereas Lessonbury, you're camping in the mud. Yeah. So. Did you see all this Tammy Hembra stuff? I vaguely did. I saw the Daily Mail going ham. I just can't escape her. She's like a person who I'm not aware of, but she just seems to like puncture my consciousness somehow like, i've never heard of around. it until the kylie jenner incident so this is a right. um australian for anyone who doesn't know i'm pretty sure the rest of the country will yeah it's we, i don't know how everyone does but they just she has like 10 million followers yeah it's crazy. she's an australian influencer i think yeah, she has a business kind of fitness focus yeah and she's a mum of two yeah. and she's 24 and she has 10 million followers i think she got heaps of those because she's has connections with the kardashians yeah, but she had a lot before on her own. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then she, um, I think she did like a good American collab, maybe. Yes, she know. did. That's yeah. how she got in with the Kardashians. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then she was the one that was carried out of Kylie's party. Yeah, on a stretcher. Yeah. So, so I didn't know who she was till then. But. Yeah, and then obviously the media went fucking skits for that story. And then at Coachella, they kind of tried to do the same thing with her again. Like, at it again, Tammy, Tammy Hembrow. But I think it was one of those funny stories where, like, when you actually went and looked at it, it was nothing. Like, someone had posted on Insta stories, like, Coachella's a bit too hot for Tammy and she'd fallen asleep. Yeah, she was just... At she, her house, like at the hotel, not yeah. like in the middle of the mosh pit. And yeah, the it looks like they'd gotten home and then she was like 
drunken and fallen asleep. Yeah. And then the next day they posted another picture of her like walking around in this like thotty little ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a but better that's word. Coachella, yeah. right? That's yeah. not her. And then kind of try to make it out like she was smashed again. I just think it's this gross thing where they're not mentioning it but trying to act like she's an irresponsible mother because she's out having fun. Well, that's what people were saying in the comment section. Yeah. And it's just like, for one thing, her kids are not at Coachella. (laughs) For the sake. One was like in a fucking like strapped in buggy. Yeah. On her chest. Then that's another story. (laughs) But it's like, you're a mum. You're allowed to go away for a weekend with your friends and have fun and you're allowed to drink. Yeah. And just, it's like this funny thing where it's because it's being photographed, not by her. It's somehow undermines the merit of it whereas if you got like a mum who was older and who wanted to go have a night with the girls everyone would be like yeah woo, mm. go for it yeah it's so funny i think yeah i think it's to do with people judging her for her age and obviously probably just judging her for her occupation i don't know yeah exactly there's a lot of like weird hang-ups mm. people have about it in there but anyway she probably makes a shit ton of money she does yeah she flies her kids business class oh my god i know i always see kids in business class and i'm like just fucking swap yeah like you just swap with me you don't know the care. difference yeah like your feet are not long enough yeah. to for it to be an issue for your sleep imagine and then was there like a jordan woods running or something oh yeah so yeah. um jordan woods i think came well she was at a party with jaden smith and then um Kendall, she's so brave. I know. Like showing go to Coachella. She's so brave. Oh my god, she's like Australian of the Year. That that's kind of wild when everyone fucking hates you to go to the most high profile yeah event in the world. And then I think Kendall and Haley maybe walked in, and then five minutes later Jordan left. So it wasn't like I don't think they talked, but they were sitting really close to each other because there would have been a small VIP section. Like there was pictures of Haley talking to Jaden next to her, and her looking on, being like. Oh, God. Yeah, it was super awkward. I loved it. I love. love. <laughs> it's so funny how she's just carried on with her life. I know. I feel, like, I feel like if she was really sleeping with him for months, there needs to be... I know there's been repercussions, but it's like someone... <laughs> and it, it's like her mum needs to sit her down, and so that's not nice. I feel like it didn't happen. I still feel like none of it happened. Mm. We'll see, Grace. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see if she popped back up. She'll probably have a baby with him as, like, the next season's But did you see that... Um, Kylie Kylie changed her Twitter picture, like the big um, whatever the fuck the top one's called, to her and Jordan. Changed it to that. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So maybe you're right. Maybe. Top up? Yes. Something that we had both read about a little while ago and then our friend Annie Brown at Sydney Morning Herald wrote about again was this topic of intuitive eating and it really sparked me and Izzy's attention and kind of wanted us, made us want to have a broader conversation about our relationship with food and diets and diet culture and that kind of thing. So Izzy, what do you <laughs> make of intuitive eating? I'm so, obsessed with the concept. Me too. So... Um, in her article, Annie defines it as centering on principles that include honoring your hunger, respecting your body, making peace with food and rejecting a diet mentality. So you stop worrying about what you're eating and counting calories and instead you eat what you want when you want it. Um, and it's sort of also explained by Laura Thomas, who wrote a book called Just Eat It, which is what Annie cites and what, um, we've seen, like Laura Thomas has a podcast as well that I've been listening to, um, it was also written about in the Sunday style. Yeah, which well. you brought yeah. back from London, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's all about finding body neutrality. So it's sort of, it's not saying that body neutrality is better than body. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Body positivity, it's saying that that's a step along the way. So if you're yes. not at the point yet where you can be like, I'm obsessed with my stomach rolls, yes. which I know that I'm definitely not. Too, it, yeah. um, <laughs> neutrality is sort of, it's not about having to love your body all the time. It's um, accepting what you look like and sort of just getting on with your life. And, and stopping. also just like getting out of the mindset of obsessing over food, which mm. I think is something that me and Izzy both thought that we had pretty like quote unquote normal healthy relationships with food and then the more we talked about it the more we realized that what normal is is still spending so much time of your life obsessing over what you're eating thinking about whether it's okay feeling huge massive guilt when you slip up and eat something bad punishing yourself if you do something like that like if i have something bad to eat one night the next day i'll be like okay, I'm just going to have a coffee for breakfast mm. because I've got to balance it out. I think that's, out. that's so yeah. common. So I'm not to that point, but I do definitely feel – it's gotten worse as I've gotten older as well, which is quite funny, but I do definitely feel guilty if I eat. It's just it's just changed as I've gotten older. Like my kind of – the what I'll allow myself has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. So I used to feel guilty if I ate like McDonald's and now I feel guilty if I eat – a chopped up at the movies or I'll yes. feel guilty if I have a piece like a, a chocolate one of those tiny chocolate eggs at work yes yeah, like I had one on my desk today and same. I just didn't eat it because I was I like ate it. <laughs> but I was like overthinking it to the point of it just being ridiculous like I've eaten so well today I don't want to ruin it mm. like that ideology is what's at the root of this whole like intuitive eating movement which is like just eat what you feel like eating at any given time because your body knows Sorry, cat just jumped up. Hey. Your body <laughs> Your body like has known since you were a child what it requires to keep you healthy and functioning and moving. Exactly. And you should listen to that intuitive feeling. So I know for a fact that some days I wake up and really, really feel like eating good food because I don't know why. My body just craves it, right? But then there are some days where, like, maybe I'm about to get my period and I just really, really want to eat, like, a donut or a bagel. And I'll shut that down and be yeah, like, well, no. It, and she's kind of saying just, like, just whatever your body's telling you to eat, just try just eating that for a while. And you'll probably notice that the difference in your body won't be that extreme. Yeah, and, and I think the main thing is to take away from all the time we spend thinking about food, counting calories, stressing out because we've eaten something, thinking about wanting to eat something but not eating it. That can be spent on something else. Like you'll just live such a more happy life if you don't worry about it. And she was like, yes, if you ate brownies, ate a whole box of brownies on Monday, on Tuesday, your body just naturally would not want to eat that again. Yeah, Like it would want to eat healthier naturally, not because you're punishing yourself, not because you're actively thinking about it, but because it wants nutrients. And like once you remove the emotional thinking part of it, it's like I think that there are times where I deprive myself of things that I want because of an emotional feeling that it's wrong. But then there are times where I eat something really bad that I actually don't want from an emotional response as well, where I'm sick of limiting myself. So I'm like, Mm. fuck you, I'm going to go eat something and it's like crazy and it makes me feel really sick afterwards and it's beyond like being what I would naturally crave. It's like I'm battling my own head. Yeah, that I binge. Like I feel like the binge eating phenomenon or the like not starving yourself, but like starving yourself of say like sugar and then binging on sugar that's all emotional eating like that's all tied to how you feel about food at that given moment as opposed to if you just say i feel like this i'm gonna eat this i feel like that i'm gonna eat that i actually just love the whole concept yeah me too i love it more after actually researching it because at first i was just like that sounds crazy because if i was eating whatever i wanted to eat all the time in my head now i think it would be i would literally just eat like Thai green curry yes. for breakfast, lunch, Burgers, and dinner, yeah, or fries or whatever. But that's because you're thinking that in your head because that's what you want that you're not allowing yourself to have. Yes. But if I could have a Thai green curry, I definitely wouldn't want it 
the next night. The next yeah. morning <laughs> for breakfast. Like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do really like it. Um, and it's funny as well because the more we were talking about it, the more just little things from your childhood and even just growing up came up. Like, I'd completely forgotten that I used to get home from high school at 14 and I'd put on Pilates DVDs and do Pilates in my school uniform because I thought that's what I had to do. Yes, I think there was a whole bunch of, like... I I think that it's important to caveat that, you know, weight and being overweight or obesity or these questions, they're not a, a, a split-down-the-middle gender issue. Like, men suffer from body image issues and mm-hmm. not feeling adequate and being mocked about their weight and having to look a certain way. But I think there's an extra level attached to it for women that's just different and, like, the codes around what makes a woman attractive is so closely tied to being thin and that's just something that we've grown up with from like age dot and it's we were talking to your boyfriend Anton about it before and we were saying we were quoting a statistic we found yeah I said that nearly half of three to six year old girls say that they worry about being fat yeah and he was so shocked he was just making us dinner and turned around and was like how does that that happen yeah, yeah how does that even happen they're so young how do they even know what being fat is but the problem is that like the the codes and conventions around it are so huge that people grow up seeing their mothers talk about their weight and wanting to be skinny and not wanting to be like overweight and wanting to look a certain way and then you just naturally digest that like I know growing up that like there was always some sort of fad diet or fad fitness craze or fad something and like I didn't see my mum talking about that sorry I didn't see my dad talking about that or buying into that you know it's like a female focused arena like Mm. the diet arena is almost not exclusively obviously but very heavily focused on women yeah and then another thing when men do sort of say worrying things so there's been this massive thing in the press recently about biohacking and it's because jack dorsey the ceo of twitter gave an interview saying that he eats five meals a week so one meal per day during the week and then starves himself a weekend and then um who was it cnbc originally just deemed the behavior a biohack and it's like if a woman came out and said that yeah, they so ate, he's like hacking his body into being more focused by starving it mm, all week. He, yeah because he says that he like hallucinates and then gets really focused and <laughs> sorry the cats are going crazy <laughs> um and so people are just saying it's a biohack but if a woman came out and said i eat five meals a week and i don't eat a thing on the weekend people would be like you have a full-on eating yeah, like disorder if Vogue came out and said that it would be like the most controversial thing that anyone had said in like years. yeah yeah that's so fascinating so it's funny when it does flip it's and definitely saying, a gender related issue yeah, yeah this is a funny quote as well that i i was reading this this afternoon about it um it's interesting to watch silicon valley discover under the guise of biohacking what so many teenage girls know kate moss didn't say nothing tastes as good as skinny looks looking skinny obviously comes with societal perks but for people who go to great lengths to look that way the perks are often rivaled by the feeling the mood altering effects of skipping meals I love that because I think that that Kate Moss, like when I think of things that I found aspirational when I was young, it was like Kate Moss saying, not aspiration, like I wanted to be smart and have a career, but Kate Moss saying nothing tastes as good as skinny feels or Carrie Bradshaw being like, I bought Vogue instead of dinner because I thought it fed me more. Like those things latched onto my brain. You know what Mm. I mean? Like they just somehow resonate with you and you think, okay, the thing that makes you an attractive woman is depriving yourself and being like Mm. completely conscious of your body at all times. And I think that something they touched on in the article, which I found really resonated with me was that intuitive eating aims to break down this idea that you have where you're just waiting to become this version of yourself that's better and and more acceptable to people and obviously that's always tied to being thinner so this idea that when I lose a bit of weight and get this perfect body then I'll be confident enough to walk into meetings at work and feel a certain way or then I'll feel confident enough to be able to go to a party party and dazzle everyone or then I'll be able to get lots of Instagram followers or then I'll be able to get a promotion Mm. or get an amazing boyfriend like you're you feel like there's this version of yourself that exists that through your laziness of not losing weight you're not attaining and 100%. that's always in front of your like it's like dangling the carrot like yeah. it's like right in front I of your face I wrote that down yeah. as my notes because I was talking about like my relationship with food and I was like on the other hand I've never felt fully comfortable with my body I've always had a mindset that things would be better if I was skinnier 
Yes. Or if I had a flat stomach and smaller legs. Like I've always just been like, clothes would look better on me. I'd feel more confident. Yes. I would just be a happier person off the back of feeling more confident and off the back of not thinking or being self-conscious or sitting at my desk and being like in these jeans I can literally feel my stomach rolls like exactly and because we work in fashion like we're so conscious of there are so many things that you see on the runway or shot on models or on girls on Instagram and think will look amazing and then you put it on you and just because your stomach is like too big or you know like you feel it feels like when you don't look as good in something as someone who's a model looks or when something doesn't work for you the way it would look for someone who's a size six. I feel like I've failed as a person. You yeah, know which, what I mean? which like we it's know personal, is yeah. when you sit down and you you actually talk about it, it's ridiculous. because You as, logically know it's not true. Yeah, yeah, and because as we've talked about before, models is their full-time job to look good. Yes. That's, that's what they do. Yes. As a job, all day, every day. If that was our job and we were getting paid good money to work out and go to the gym and eat healthy, it'd be a completely different ballgame. And also if you sat down with a model and last, like got them to chalk up all of the things that they have to sacrifice in order to look that mm-hmm. way for a very short period of their lives, they don't get to have like red wine and pizza night with their friends. They don't get to well, that's just That's what like, you were saying yeah. tonight. You were sort of like, my thing has always been, if I wanted to look like that, I would have to give up. A whole chunk of my life that I'm not willing to give up. Yes, I'd have to give up drinking okay wine with, with me. Like even when I was doing the F45 challenge, I was literally like, "How am I going to do this podcast?" Because I don't. I think people actually think we're joking, but we drink every single time we do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we are a, just catching. Up. No, yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. And people actually think we're just joking, and that yeah. the bottle of wine is like the just, a prop. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I, I'm not going to be able to drink this wine with Grace because now I'm being healthy, and that just takes away from like." this really fun week acti- weekday activity that I have with my best friend. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, this is a silly thing, but when me and my mum used to live together and Game of Thrones was on, we would every Monday get frangos, which is like the best chicken burgers ever <laughs> oh in Petersham, and a bottle of Shandon. Sponsored by frangos. Sponsored by frangos. Sponsored by Shandon, <laughs> we wish. Um, and a bottle of Shandon and have champagne and burgers with fries watching Game of Thrones. And last night I was like, was I so want to eat healthy, blah, blah, blah. Then I was like, no, I want to do that. Like my mom's not here. She's in Perth, but I want to recreate that thing for like there's an emotional element involved to me it feels like living my life to be able to go out with friends and have a really really fun time and eat delicious food and like not worry about it and smoke a cigarette every now and again and have a like a couple glasses too many and get fries on the way home like to sacrifice all of that to be a few kilos thinner and to look good in a ripped bikini photo on instagram in the main doesn't feel like a payoff for me Mm. but but then we think about it all the time still yeah but but then when i see a photo of a girl on instagram i'm like you're such a slob like why don't you just eat healthy and why don't <laughs> yeah. you, you why do you I find mean? it so hard yeah exactly yeah. i think also um the funny thing is is because there's been this huge surge in, in wellness and people don't really see diets anymore even Weight Watchers has rebranded itself. Like everyone's rebranding to be on this wellness train. The old school diet culture is kind of dead. Mm. Quote pretty, pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's all kind of transformed into wellness, and in so many ways, obviously it's better because, as you were saying earlier, we now know more about what we're putting in our bodies, and we're more attuned to what's healthy and what's not. There's definitely a level of empowerment in having that education about what is nutritious and what is good for you and how to create healthy meals and i think there are so many instagrams that are doing that in a really Mm. positive way that are saying here are some recipes for healthy food that will make you feel good about yourself and it's not about calorie counting or weight loss yeah but but, still but it's funny with the with the whole wellness thing and even with i don't know it feels like with the woke generation where everyone's kind of more into body positivity and everyone's more accepting of people but um I read a statistic that said 45% of adults say they're preoccupied with their weight some or all of the time, which is an 11% rise since 1990. So it's just, it's rising. I think for me, the big thing is like, I have Pinterest and spend a lot of time looking at like, I find that so random. I know. I love Pinterest. It's so weird. But I look at a lot of those old photos of like 90s and 80s supermodels. And the thing is, those girls by today's standards actually look very 
quote unquote normal. Like yeah. they're not they they don't have a six pack and muscular arms and they're not like these crazy tiny, beacons tiny. of Yeah, they're they're quote kind of quote unquote normal looking. Mm. Sometimes they have like little stomach rolls and they're but they're beautiful. Mm. And the irony is at that time they looked more human, but they were viewed by society as being these superhuman people. There was like five supermodels or nine supermodels and they were seen as being so above and beyond what was acceptable for normal everyday life that people idolized them in that way as like an outlet into the dream body. Whereas now every single person on Instagram has a more intense version of that body. Mm. So you actually feel like everyone looks like that except you. Yeah. Instead of I feel like Instagram it's so pervasive. Instagram plays a huge part in it because Instagram is something we're all on because we enjoy it. And then sometimes I feel the people you follow, sometimes you'll follow them because you're in the mood where you're like, I need to be motivated. I need to follow these people because I really I'm getting into it and you're like, right, it's Monday tomorrow. I'm gonna start eating healthy, I'm gonna start exercising, I'm gonna follow all these girls, and then you see it on a Wednesday after you've just eaten a piece of chocolate and then you feel horrible about yourself. Yes. Like it all just depends on your frame of mind. And the thing like fucking Gigi Hadid at a McDonald's party at Coachella. Doing a sponsored post eating fries at Coachella. I was like, where you're just like, this is such a conflicting message to receive. Mm. Like, you know, like mm. above everything else yeah. to see a girl that looks like that, who obviously like, like she does not. It's eat kind McDonald's. of unfair in a way because it's like, she probably did eat McDonald's fries because that was like her one treat of the week. And she exercised six times that week and didn't drink at Coachella. And she's like, so yeah. for like <laughs> yeah. having one treat. But at the same time, she doesn't post on Instagram what all of her food and meal plans look like and what she eats in a day. So when all you're seeing is someone that looks like that eating a big thing of fries, it just sends the wires off in your brain because yeah. you're like, okay, well, she does that, but I still don't look like that. And like, and then your brain just explodes. Yeah, I feel like it's all about context. And that's why like some people do it so well. Like I really, really love following Laura Henshaw yes. and Steph Claire Smith. With their, so they've got their Keep It Clean It program. And – they post that they're working out every day or maybe they'll take a Sunday off and then they'll also be like, today I'm taking the day off and I'm lying in bed and I'm doing nothing yeah. and I'm going to eat popcorn and I'm going to, when I go to the movies, have M&Ms and it's, they're super healthy and they work out, but they do it and I genuinely do think they do it with the mindset of being healthy and being yes. fit and not being thin. Like that's yes. not the vibe I get from them at all. I have the app. And you can't even put your weight into it. Like, you literally yeah. can't track your weight on it, which I feel yeah. is so great. That's so unheard of. Yeah. I think it's, like, also the there are some people who have a very transparent Instagram account where it's the idea of it. It's, like, do you remember Racine O'Neill, that girl who, like, had a meltdown and was, like, Instagram's not real and then, like, went off the grid? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And I just remember when, before she went off the grid, she posted all these side-by-sides of herself which was like the mm. the worst photo of the 10 photos she'd taken to look a certain way. Yeah. And in those, she looks like, not like me, but like normal, no, normal looking. Yeah. But she'd managed to get the right angle that made her look like super, super, super skinny. Mm. And then she'd posted other things about like, this day I only ate a smoothie because I was really, really stressed because I had a bikini shoot the next day mm. and I was worried I was going to look fat or like blah, 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 blah. And then I her whole thing was never a diet or fitness website it was like a vegan wellness wholeness website but really it was girls went there because they wanted to know what she ate to look the way she did and those things are so much more dangerous and like pervasive than someone like Steph or Laura where they're branding themselves as giving you health advice because a lot of these websites or like Instagram accounts they purely exist because the girl is 18 and just wants to get likes because she looks skinny. Because mm. she, she's like a victim to it the same way everyone else is a victim to mm. it. Like she's mm-hmm. not yeah. a bad person. But then people are asking her what she does and she's kind of like giving out the advice that she's supposed to give. Like there's kind of a line we have now, right? Like you ask a model what they eat and they say, oh, for breakfast I have a smoothie oh, and ask- for lunch I have poached chicken and salad and for dinner I have a steamed like – fish with greens and, and then we do I that. have that's, raw that's almonds a, normal a snack. Question. We've been, but we've been we've been told that answer 
you get anyone of 500 models and you ask them what they eat in a day, it's that will be the exact same, same answer for yeah. every single person because it's the socially acceptable answer mm. of what you eat in a day if you're a model. Because if you say anything less, it's worrying. But if you say anything more, it's dishonest. Yes. So it's like, yeah. imagine like eating a smoothie every morning, a salad every lunch and grilled fish and vegetables for dinner. Every single every day. Every single day of yeah. your life, yeah. of your whole 20s. Yeah. Like, that's literally what it takes to be – and genetics on top of everything. Yeah. Most people, even, even if they ate like that, wouldn't be. That yeah. Thing. But even, like, last week, Laura just posted this uh, – I think it was an Instagram story. And she was like, I just ate an entire block of chocolate. And I'm not saying that that's a healthy thing to do. I'm saying that that's a thing to do. If you feel like eating a whole block of chocolate, that's fine to do. And I think that people like kind of underestimate the influence that these people have on other women. And I just find it, I just like love seeing people like that. Just find me more people like that. That'll literally say, this is what I'm eating. Like Kendall Jenner, when has she ever posted a workout on her account? When has she ever been like, "I, I was sweating at the gym for three hours today and I just ate this. Like, it's not it, – I just feel like I want to know how people look like that. And obviously, these girls are being like, I have a fit body because I eat healthy most of the time, but it's fine if I don't as well. But it's also, like, kind of not relaxing to me, but it makes me feel better where I'm like, oh, this is the reason I don't have this body. It's not because I'm a shitty person with no self-control. It's because yeah. I don't exercise seven times a week. Yeah. Like, that's why, you know? It's interesting some of the stuff that you got up about – um, we have all of these preconceived ideas about weight and health mm. that are completely redundant now. And I think so yeah. many people don't realize that your weight is actually no indication or reflection of how healthy you are. And it's kind of a gross stereotype that people use to degrade and put down and humiliate people who are overweight yeah so there was this really really great um huffington post article that someone linked us in our facebook group this week um and i read it and i honestly felt close to tears at some at one point um it is called everything you need to know about oh sorry everything you know about obesity is wrong and it's all it's this huge in-depth piece they interview so many people who are overweight and identify as obese um, and then throw in all these statistics and like it literally says that studies have found that anywhere from one third to three quarters of people classified as obese are metabolically healthy. Like yeah. they show no signs of elevated blood pressure, insulin resistance or high cholesterol. It also says that more than 40% of Americans classified as obese say that they experience stigma on a daily basis, which is a rate higher than any other minority group. Yeah, it, it's actually one of those things where I have a friend of mine who I talked to once about her experience as someone who is overweight and she said that every time she walks outside of the house, she'll get, give or take on any given day, she'll get someone make a comment to her, yell something out to her in the street, say something to her when she's getting like served at somewhere. I it, It's so completely naive, but I've never been so shocked by something. So I was like, who is this human person that's making not only like a look or a thought or a glare, but a, an actual comment to someone who they mm. don't know, making them feel shit about themselves because of their weight. Like it's just, cr- it's craziness. It's crazy. Um, and another statistic that just made me feel sick was that 89% of obese adults have been bullied by their romantic partners. Um, and I... then another massive thing was that since 1959, this is what the Huffington Post article says, Research has shown that 95 to 98% of attempts to lose weight fail and that two-thirds of dieters gain back more than they lost. The reasons are biological and irreversible. As early as 1969, research showed that losing just 3% of body weight resulted in a 17% slowdown of your metabolism, a body-wide starvation response that blasts you with hunger hormones and drops your internal temperature until you rise back to your highest weight. Overweight people or obese people or anyone trying to lose weight, it's like... It's just saying that it's almost impossible. And it is that thing as well where, like, we know ourselves that a lot of the diet, quote-unquote diet culture that is sold is bullshit. Like, we know that so many of the – like, uh, those shakes. Like, we – if you if me or you wanted to lose weight, we would never, ever mm. – 
buy those shakes from no. the chemist because we know they're full of sugar and that you need to spend X amount of money on them and they're actually just going to make you hungrier. So it's kind of like people with nicotine patches who have nicotine patches and then smoke and then it ends up being like triple the nicotine mm. they were going to have anyway. Like it's kind of the same ideology. And do you remember when the whole skinny tea thing happened? I remember when yeah. I was like 18, skinny me tea was this pyramid scheme that everyone yeah. started doing and I bought it and I just had it and it's just a laxative tea. The diet was like, eat no meat, sugar, dairy, carbs, blah, blah, blah. And take only, laxatives. And take laxatives for a week and you'll lose weight. And we we're all like, wow. Yeah. That culture. But when you're selling it to people who, because of how society exists, are desperate to lose weight because mm. they feel like the only way to be accepted in society is to be thin. You're selling a product that doesn't work to the most desperate people. Yeah. And then they're being shot in the foot because they're gaining way more weight than they would have if they just did nothing. This girl um, in the article, she said that she would wake up in the morning, she would smoke a cigarette purely because she didn't want to eat. It was to curb her hunger. She'd go to work where she walked around all day. She'd go and eat a yogurt in her car on her lunch break and then she would get home and count out three... This is when she had the worst disordered eating. She would come home and and count out three Ritz crackers and eat them for dinner or sometimes she wouldn't even do that she'd just get home and pass out because she was so hungry and she'd wake up the next day and do it all over again and she said that at one point her mum marched her to the doctors to the hospital and was like my daughter has an eating disorder and the doctor looked at her and because she was overweight he was like whatever you're doing is working keep doing it oh my god it's so crazy it's just the craziest thing and i think this idea that we have is just like this funny thing when it comes to weight where people who couldn't give a shit what any other random person does at any given time suddenly take a strong interest in the health of complete strangers because it offends them that an overweight person exists and the reason that they care is because oh they're not healthy it's like the only it's like a since when the fuck did you care and b they're probably healthier than you exactly but you don't know like it's just this funny fucked up thing where it's like the only other example i think is smoking where people are like opinionated opinionated about it but that's because it immediately affects you if you walk through someone else's smoke like it doesn't affect how someone else looks shouldn't affect you but i think it does affect people and people have a knee-jerk reaction to be offended by something they're not used to seeing and then cover that bigotry with a i'm just concerned about their health bullshit thing because the reality is if you see someone super super thin on the street you're not going to be offended by their existence and you don't know for all you know they can be smoking drug taking and eating Mm-hmm. for its crackers a day as well and that's all they're doing but you're never going to think twice so interesting there was that episode of the podcast that you recommended before oh um laura thomas's podcast I yeah can't remember what it's called and she inter- don't salt my game or something yeah <laughs> and she <laughs> interviewed an actress uh who has turned like a personal trainer on instagram and what i thought was so interesting about that conversation is that she studied in like drama school for four years or five years and she was like i was like 18 and i was on the precipice between being like she was like i was just a normal weight like probably maybe a a slightly higher than normal weight but like a normal weight but she was told by acting coaches you either need to lose weight to become the lead character or gain weight to become the like the best friendly friend. jolly yeah. sidekick and that there was no room for someone who just looks like a normal person to exist in acting like she was literally mm. physically told that by acting like you have but to I pick one like, side or the other i feel like that kind of is the same in society you're either yeah you're either small or you're plus size and it's like yes. where where are just the average weight people sitting in this yes you know like even in in modeling or on runway shows there's either the models who are yes. a size six yes or plus size who are a size like 12 to 14 plus yeah and it's like but, but it's they, like, people didn't know what to do with barbara palvin when she became a mm, victoria's secret angel because she's she's like a size 10 she's like a normal size girl yeah and yeah like an eight to ten like like still very much on the thin side of the spectrum mm. but because it's not that stick thin six foot tall thing that we're used to people were like oh is this plus size is this what do we call yeah, this yeah it's so crazy it is crazy and it's a hard it's like a hard it's such a can of worms that like we posted it in our facebook group and the response was massive because i think everyone feels like this and it's this really difficult thing now where like you said we talk so much about how progressive we feel we are and yet our obsession with how we look is just something we can't escape and it it feels impossible to escape like every single part of 
society is built around for men and women but more so for women is built around how we look like i don't know how to which escape is just it. so funny as well I it's know. like who at the end of the day actually gives a fuck like if I you know. were talking to someone who was the most beautiful person in the world but they were horrible yes. and mean and had, or had no personality you would just not it would take two seconds before you were like i just can't be bothered talking to this person yes it was just so strange I know. Um, at least you guys can't see us because we're in podcast form. So you don't know yeah. what we look like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you just got to go off our amazing brains. <laughs> our amazing personalities. <laughs> How good would it be if life was always just like, just this. everyone was just blind? That would suck. But like, I don't know. You just couldn't see people when there was this little voice box and you just heard everyone. Like Shallow How. I love Shallow How. I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good movie. Um, okay, let's on that point, let's wrap this up. Um, again, we have stopped posting, we've stopped, sorry, talking about all our recommendations on this, and instead we're going to post them in our closed Facebook group, which is After Work Drinks Podcast, and on our Instagram, After Work Drinks Podcast. We will post all of these articles that we talked about tonight. Yes. And welcome your discussion. We got quite a lot of amazing points from everyone in our group. I'm going to wrap this up because yeah. Grace is just laughing at me. Yeah. No, we did. Thank you so much for your input. And we know that one of the microphones is kind of quiet. <laughs> Our microphone. <laughs> We're working on it. We've got a new one coming tomorrow. That yeah. reviewer who told us, like, we want to hate you, but you're pretty spot on. Uh, yeah. Our microphone has honestly been buggered since the beginning of time. But usually I just make sure I get it because Grace's voice is already fucked as it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like, kind of, like, a bit more soft-spoken and Izzy's, like just charging into the mic yeah so it equals out but we had a couple of weeks that i was on the shit one and yeah. it was just not a good time and then we waited we literally always wait until we get a negative review about something before we action it yeah so, so someone was like one of the girls says like all the time and then i just had this tailspin where i was like i know oh my god and then me and izzy started this game where she stopped me saying like and i feel like ah, i feel as if i say it less but you know we're a work in progress guys. yeah and the new mic's coming tomorrow. So crisp, clear audio crisp and clean coming next your way. Time. The most professional week. thing you've ever heard. We're gonna be so damn professional. Yes. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.